Thank you for joining us here at Fellowship Church for today's message. Our desire is to encourage others to love God, love people, and impact the world. And we would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So take a moment and visit us online at fellowshipws.org. Find the Share Your Story button and tell us what God is doing in your life. While you are there, you'll also find useful information about our church and other resources that will bring you closer to Christ. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. Call, can I speak to the manager? Did, that, did last week bless anybody? Amen. 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 Y'all stand for your two feet. Two more seconds. Amen. We're going to read the word today. We're going to read our creed. There's a creed that we're going to be singing every week as we are going through this series. And I am the manager, focuses on who is responsible for the lives that we live down here. That God is the supplier. Somebody raise your hand and say, God is the supplier. He's the owner of it all. But I am the manager. When we realize that, we uh, have, have it's a freedom and it's a weight at the same time. It puts the accountability and the responsibility on us. The things that we should do, we should do. But when we realize our role, how many know it's important that you know your role? <laughs> know your role. Don't you, don't you wish you can go on, on, on work tomorrow and just tell everybody that being everything. Know your role. When people know their role and they function in it, everybody gets along better. Amen. The workplace, the, the, the home, the church, everything. When everybody knows their role. Amen. But the important, the great thing about knowing, the ro- knowing your role is there is freedom in knowing that this is what I'm responsible for, but this is what I'm not responsible for. And it is God that one that produces the miracles. It is God the one that gives us the breath. It is, the one, it is, it is God that's the one that's going to produce the thing that he promised. And, to, and, we, and when we realize that, that it's our job to manage only what we can do, there is a freedom that comes because we don't have to, we, as, as, as God-like as we are, we're not God. That's freedom for somebody in this room. As God-like as you are, guess what? You are not God. And there are some things that only God can do. And when you accept your role, there is freedom. Like, this is what I got to do, but this is what I don't have to do because my father is taking care of that. Tell somebody beside and tell them God is taking care of that. So this function in your role, amen, amen. Let's let's read, let's read, let's read our creed, uh, our uh, yeah, our creed up here. Y'all ready? One, two, three. Read. I am the manager of my life. This life was entrusted to me to give God glory and to bless all that I come in contact with. I cannot control what happens to me, but. I can control how I respond and manage what happens in my life. Amen? Amen? Somebody say, I am the manager. You may be seated. Amen? For, for, for the intents and purposes to catch everybody up, uh, we defined manager last week as a person responsible for controlling or administering all a part of a company or an organization. It's also, the uh, uh, old English version is called a steward. Somebody say steward. 
A steward is a person that used to be over the affairs of a person of importance. How many of you know that God is important? And, and, that, and that we are simply stewards. We are the one that manages the affairs of the kingdom of God in the earth. Amen? So this is a person who manages the affairs and the resources of another. We also, we also talked about last week that your life, somebody say, my life is kingdom business. What am I saying? By saying that my life is kingdom business, I say when I win, the kingdom wins. When, I, when, when I'm looking happy, prosperous, and, and, and my family is getting along, and, and, and my finances are in order, and, and, and when my body is looking good, I am a billboard for the kingdom of God, and the kingdom of God advances when we are looking and functioning at our best. Amen? Amen. Tell somebody that's kingdom business. Look, look we also, also talked about that life is going to happen, but the question is, how am I going to respond when, when life happens? I, I, I've, I've been in church ever since I was born. I've seen people come up, truly get saved, truly get spirit-filled, truly have fire and running for God, but then life happens. And when life happens, people, are, people don't have the necessary tools and they get disencouraged or discouraged and they lose hold to the one who can fix it all and they start trusting in themselves and they start trusting in their networks and their friends and their family as opposed to trusting in the one who can fix it all. So the question is, life is going to happen, people of God, but what are we going to do when life happens? What, what are you going to do when you get a call from the doctor and, and, and he gives you a bad prognosis? What are you going to do when you get a call, a, a call from the school and say your child has been acting up? What will you going to do when your husband or your wife say, I don't want to be married no more. I want to leave out and I want to be separated. Because guess what, y'all? That ain't always the devil. Sometimes it's just life happening. The question is, what is, gonna be, what is our response going to be when life happens? Are we going to say, woe is me? Are we going to run? Are we going to run and duck? Are we going to trust in the system of this world? Are we going to trust in the kingdom of God? Amen. We also talked about last week that why should God bless a life that we refuse to manage? Some of us like a hands-off approach. Oh, it's just, it's just going to work out. If I ignore it, if I sweep it under the rug, if I don't look at it, God said, but you're asking me to bless you. You're asking me to prosper you. And I want to do those things, but I'm such a good father that I won't give you something that's going to end up being a curse to you. And so as a result, God said, I'm going to withhold those things because if I give it to you, you're going to mismanage it. You're going to let it fall to the ground. I say it all the time that God hates waste. He doesn't want it. Why should he get the stuff that my son died for? We just sang and we just, we just thank God for the blood. God said, my son shed blood for the very blessing that you're asking me for. So it's precious. So why should I give you something that my son's blood purchased if you're not going to manage it? Amen? But tell somebody, I'm going to be a good manager. Today I want you to turn with me in the Bibles to Romans 12 and 1. Romans 12 and 1, it says this. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your, yourself. Somebody say, present yourself. A living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And here's where we want to focus. And be not conformed to this world. How many of you know a lot of people like to conform just to fit in? He's saying, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. 
I want to use for a thought today. My mind in the middle. Somebody do your hands on your head like this. Say, my mind in the middle. Paul is writing. He is writing in the scripture to the, to the Romans. He said, I, he said you, you're supposed to present yourself holy and acceptable to God. That's nothing special. That is your reasonable service. But what he is saying is, don't conform to the world. You have to understand that this was the first century church. This, is the, this wasn't like, they, they didn't have the privilege of, 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 of reading the Bible and, and knowing all the things in Christendom. This was a new, not only startup church, but this was a new startup religion. And so people were, people say, okay, okay, that Jesus y'all talking about, I've seen him doing some miracles. But then, you know, people will try to sew in a little bit of the world's theory and, and all those things in with God and try to create this new thing. And Paul is warning them. He's warning them. He said, church, I know y'all prosperous. They were in Rome. They were probably one of the most, pro they probably were like a mega church. They were probably one of the, the most prosperous because Rome was just, just the center of the universe. It was the most powerful country in the world at that point. And he's saying the church of Rome I'm telling you, there are people that's going to try to get you to shift what you believe and what you think and how you live. This Jesus that I am telling you about that came and changed your life, he will allow you to live a, he will allow you to live a pure and holy life. But there are people, somebody say there are people, there are people and there are places and there are systems that will try to get you to twist what you believe. You don't believe it, go on a job tomorrow. Sometimes the people that got the, that got the biggest fish and the biggest what would Jesus do mug, this, this big, got a twisted thinking of what it means to serve God. To be, to means what it be to be a child of God. And guess what? When you when you in the and you in the break room or you at the at, at the water cooler, they'll be telling you some things and some things and, and and they will they they will say some things that sound good on the surface. But if you look at the center, if you look at the bottom of a thing, it's got a little twist of God's word and what God really meant. And God's saying, you there's gonna be pressure to conform. And Paul is telling them, don't conform transform <laughs> and can I tell you if you're going to be what God called you to be if you're going to be the person that's going to start that business that's going to be successful and you're the one that's going to get those grandchildren in college if you're going to be the one that's going to do that thing and accomplish the very thing that God put in your heart you can't be a conformer you have to be a transformer when you transform you leave from the state that you're in y'all like the transformers you know Bumblebee and all them. They would, they, they, would, they would stand up and be a robot, but whenever, whenever Optimus Prime say Autobots roll out, they would, they, would, they, would, they, would, they would turn into a vehicle and they would move. They didn't try to move until they transformed. And some of us have been trying to do things. We're trying to function in the thing that's in our heart. But, but God said, I need you to go from conforming to transforming. Ask your neighbor, are you a conformer? or a transformer and that sounds good yeah 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 Paul yeah Paul I know you told the church you're wrong we're going to transform but he said you, here's the thing you can't do it within your own power 
anybody ever, anybody ever to start off the beginning of the year, I'm going to go to this gym and I'm going to work out and, and I'm going to get these 25 pounds off me and I'm, I'm going to get my pre-baby body back and I'm going to do all this stuff. We start things with every intention to do it. But we don't transform. You know why? Because it was in our emotions. We didn't make a decision with our minds. Let me tell you, your mind is the most powerful thing. That when you've got a made-up mind, when you've got a made-up mind, when you've got a made, either one way or the other, when somebody got a made-up mind to the negative end, there is nothing but God that can come in and change those people. That's deliverance for somebody. You've been preaching and you've been throwing the Bible and throwing verses at your children and your husband and your wife. But let me tell you something. The best thing you could ever do is say, God, I'm giving them up to you. And I'm going to take my hands off it and watch God transform. Good God Almighty. That's a word for somebody in this room. You can't help nobody till they won't help themselves. You can bail them out. You can write checks. You can, you, can, you can send a check to the finance company so they can get their repo back. You can give them food. You can, every time they get put out, you can, you can let them sleep on your couch. Nothing's going to change until they want to make a change in their mind. The Bible said it like this, that, that, that the prodigal son, he, he, he was eating husk with the very pigs that his people shunned upon. They said, we won't even eat because they're so dirty. And the word of God said that he came to himself. That means he had a moment, he had a glimpse. He had some clarity in his mind enough to say, wait a minute, I don't belong here. And some people are not going to change until they get in a pig pen. Oh, God. Ain't none of that on my screen. But somebody need to hear it. Some people are not. Those people that you're worrying about, those people that you're having to take a melatonin at, light, at night to, to try to sleep and, and taking sleeping pills, the ones you're worrying and your hair turning gray and all that stuff, all the people, they're not going to change until they're ready. Until they come to themselves. The word of God said it is with the mind that we serve God. We, we think it's with the hands, with the clapping of the hands and, and the speaking of a tongue and all this stuff. But guess what? It all, this is the central processing unit. The, the, the body does nothing unless the mind tells it to do. So it is with the mind that we serve God. And if we understand that, the enemy understands that. They say, look, look, I can, I can hit you in your stomach and it will heal up by next week. I can cut you and, and, and the, body, the body is going to be going to naturally heal itself. But there is nothing like the wounding of the mind. The devil knows that if I can wound you in your mind, the body will follow. That you'll spend your whole life making bad decisions. That you that you spend your whole life attracting people to you that are poisonous and toxic to you. Oh God. But God said, I'm calling you from being a conformer, and I'm calling you to be a transformer. But the vehicle that you're going to do it is through the transformation of your mind. So wherever you are between where you used to be and where you're going, it's your mind in the middle. 
It's your mind that is traveling alone. It is your mind that, 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 is, that is either accepting good thoughts or taking good thoughts and casting them away. It is your mind that is looking at what your eyes see and either make a decision either that's the truth or that God is in the midst of changing that thing. Tell somebody it's in your mind. It's your mind that's in the middle, and your mind is the battlefield. The, the, the war in the heavens, it's over your mind. Because <laughs> the devil knows as well as God that it's your mind that you serve God. And so if I were the devil, I'm not, but if I were the devil, I would, I would sow negative thoughts in your mind. I would let you see things that you would trust what you see more than what you know. I would cause your, 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 your medical report to look real negative, to look like that is that you need to get your affairs in order because, because see, those may be facts. Somebody say those may be facts. The fact may be that you're in that much debt. The fact may be that you do have that diagnosis. But there is another thing called truth. And there is a difference between facts and truth. You may be sick and you may have a diagnosis. You may have a disease. But the truth is, by his stripes, you were already healed. But you got to settle that in your mind. We don't battle against flesh and blood. Let me get along with the message. Amen. Somebody say renewal. Renewal is equal to reforming. Reform. Like some clay. Shape it. Shape it. Break it down. Put it on the potter's wheel and break it down of its old form. And to build it back. It's also equal to renovation. Somebody say renovate. And what the word of God is telling us is in order to be a transformer, in order to get to that place where God has called you, you're going to have to do some renovation of your mind. See, me, me, me and my wife and my children, we just moved back to our old house that we were renting out for a long time. And we moved back by, uh, by choice. And it's been, it's been a it's been a journey, amen, amen. It, it, was, it was almost 10 years ago. We had a five-year-old, a four-year-old, and a six-week-old. Now we got a 14-year-old, almost 13-year-old, and we got a nine-year-old. So they're bigger, clothes are bigger, everything is bigger, and, we're, and, and, we, and we, are, we are back. But before we got there, we've owned the house, what, almost 19 years, as long as we've been married, right? And before we got there, uh, we hadn't really done anything major to the house. You know, I was keeping it up and, you know, keeping everything clean. But, but I said, you know what, if we're going to go back, I want us to go back with, with things looking new and feeling fresh and, and things of that nature. And so what I started out on a process of doing a renovation. Renovations, people love it. People think that renovations are just like they see on HGTV, that everything wraps up in an hour. Like, ooh, that was good. Look at, ooh, ooh, man, how'd they do that? Ooh, that looks so great. But I want you to understand that I, that I started with some help of some other people renovating the house in May. And the last thing that needed to get done for renovation just got done on Friday. Somebody say, it's a process. It's, a, it's not like a sitcom. It's not nothing that wraps up quickly. But let me tell you, the first thing you have to do before you renovate, you don't come putting in, you don't come putting in a, a paint swatches and, and, and wallpaper and how it's going to match the drapes. What the first thing you do, you go in and you do demolition. 
you tear it down. We had to tear it. We had to tear out, tear out uh, countertops, and we had to take wood flooring out, and we had to get a dumpster, and we had to pay for some things to go. It, it is a messy, messy process. People like to see the end of a thing, but the beginning of renovation is messy. It's ugly. You see things like, Lord, I didn't know. I didn't know. When, when I when I discovered, when I pulled things up, I discovered that the original builders, because some stuff hadn't been touched in 18 years, and I really like to realize that, that, that the original business, uh, builders were taking, uh, taking shortcuts. That walls are supposed to be straight on a 90 degree angle, but one of them got bowled out there a little bit at the end when I tried to put a new floor down because you know those floor panels, you know, they straight, but all of a sudden something straight come up against something cricket. Let me tell you something. There are some things that have been built in your life. There are some things that people have sold into your life. There are some ways of thinking. There's some twisted ways that God said you got to come and tear a thing down first. Before you can start building bricks and, 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 and forming a new way of thinking and living. Some of come, God, God, God liking it too. That you got to tear down the old altars and the old idols and the old way of thinking. And God said, before we get to a place where you're fully transformed, we have to address some of this old stinking thinking. Mama and grandmama meant well. They meant well. They weren't being used by the devil. They meant well. But they, but some of the things that people have told us, some of the people that we put trust in, some of the people that we put confidence in us gave us bad theology, gave us bad doctrine, and gave us bad examples to live by. It's the truth anyway. I love Nana too. But Nana wasn't infallible. They did what they knew at the time. But now that we know better, we got to do better. Somebody say renovate. And my challenge to you today that we got to start renovating. We have to look. look say, Lord, shine the, turn the light of heaven on me. Not just to show me my sin, but, but Lord, show me my ways that are unprofitable. Show me my ways that are not. Show me my thinking that is diffusing what you want to do in my life. And when we do this, God, God says, one thing for me to show you, but here goes your part. You the manager. You being the manager of the project, you are going to have to do the work to tear it down. Somebody say, tear it down. Guess what? That stuff 18 years ago, we, we were looking through some pictures and found some old pictures when the house was all newly built and all this stuff. Everything looked so fresh. Guess what? It, it, it served us well at the moment. Let me free somebody right now. Just because you have to tear it down doesn't mean that it, it never was any good. Just because you got to tear it down doesn't mean it was never good. See, some of us put this guilt on us, guilt, guilt on ourselves, that if I change, uh, uh, people are going to look at me funny and they think I'm trying to be different. Yeah, I am trying to be different. I'm trying to transform. It is impossible to transform and stay the same. So let me free you of the guilt that people will try to manipulate you with and to keep you in a place where you are. In order to get what God is calling you, you're going to have to change. You're going to have to change. You're going to have to transform. And guess what? When you go to change it, when you go to transform it, guess what? Some people are not going to be happy about it. Because some people have a vested interest in you staying the same. Because you staying the same is a comfortable landing spot for me. 
you staying the same means I can go out there and live like I want to, but I can always count on you. Oh, that butter your bread real good. You know, you always the same. I've always been able to kind of depend on you. If it wasn't for you, you are my rock. I ain't your rock. Your rock better be Jesus to rock. Y'all don't like this kind of preaching today. But I'll tell you, if you're going to transform, it means that some change is going to take place. And it's going to start with your thinking. Tell somebody, it starts with my thinking. Proverbs 23 and 7 says this. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, saith he to thee, but your heart is not with thee. People of God, we are good in the Christian church of saying thing, one thing with our, with, our, with our lips. Saying I'm blessed and highly favored. Saying that, you know, I ain't worried about it. Ain't, uh, no weapon formed against me. We, we'll quote scripture. But our heart is not attached to those words. And so the real you is the you that's coming out of your heart. And this ain't just about sin. It's, 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 it, it, is, it is, we have detached reality, our words. We have learned to say all the colloquialisms. We have learned to say all the, all the key phrases to get people off our trail. Why? Because it's based in pride. It's based in pride because I can't let you know that I am weak. I can't let you know that I am hurting. I can't let you know that I don't have it all together. I can't let you know that I just had a knockdown, drag out, slobber knocker argument with my spouse. And so we got to walk around looking like Ken and Barbie all the time. The devil is a liar. God said, you're saying one thing. You're quoting my word, but your heart is far from it. And so as a result, you are what your heart is thinking. We are guilty of trying to manage our life without managing our mind. And so we're running over here and we're trying to fix this. And then there's another emergency over here and we're trying to fix this. God said, if you will slow down and you transform your mind, I'll give you the strategy. I'll give you the thoughts. I'll give you the plans. When, 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 a, bar, when a boat gets to rocking, I will settle you. I will give you peace that passive all understanding. But you're so busy trying to manage your life. And God said, I need you to manage your mind first. Is this helping anybody today? Somebody say, I am the manager. Look at this. Anybody writing notes? I want you to write this down. God is more interested in changing your mind than he is in changing your circumstances. Is more interested in you changing your mind. Guess what? God said, I could get you out of debt by this afternoon, but if your mind hadn't changed, you're gonna be right back in bondage. I can free you out, I can free you from that thing, but if your mindset don't change, so God said, if I change you from the head down, then you will be ready for me to bless you with all gifts, the all gifts that I've got in heaven for you. God said, I'm interested in changing your mind first. And we're saying, God, if I just get enough money, my circumstances will change. Lord, if I, if I just get a husband, if I just get a wife, everything will be all right. Ask the people married in this place. Everything will not be all right. One of the best decisions I made, but everything won't be all right. <laughs> Come on, y'all. 
think if we could just get it, and guess what? The devil plays a, a, a cruel game. He moves the goalposts. And now all of a sudden, you say, when I get here, I'm going to, look, as soon as I get there, God, this is going to be it. And all of a sudden, that don't satisfy you no more. As soon as I get here, oh, yeah, as soon as I get the house, yeah, that's going to satisfy me. And then all of a sudden, that, that, that wax is cold. As soon as I get the car, I've always been wanting, you know, the one that I've been putting up and said, this is my dream thing I'm going to get. God said, it will never be enough. Only I can satisfy Only I can satisfy. God said, if you just give me your mind. Somebody say, God, take my mind. God, if you just give God your mind, it's your mind that's in the middle. Your mind is the thing that everything else is attached to. And so we're busy trying to, trying to fix this, but we ain't fixed the mind. We're trying to fix the children, but we haven't fixed our mind. We're trying to fix the job, and we're trying to fix everything that goes to it. But God said, if you would just work smarter, not harder, if you would just fix the mind, everything that's attached to it is going to blossom. Everything's going to flourish. Somebody say amen to that. He says this, James 1 and 8, says a double-minded man is unstable in all his way. A man or a woman that can't make up their mind, the prophet Elijah told him this, he said, how long are you going to waver between two opinions? If God be God, serve him. If Baal be God, serve him. You know what? You know, you know what activates God and will give you peace? A decision. Hook a crook, right or wrong. Make a decision. We live in such fear. But what if I? Well, what if I? And we're trying to do all this calculus. And if I do this, and we're trying, we're trying to, we're trying to do all the moves on the chess chessboard. Would you make a decision? Just make a decision. Well, how do I make a decision? Well, we should acknowledge Him in all our ways. We shouldn't lean to our own understanding. See, see, we, 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 we let circumstances, the loudness of the volume of our circumstances and our issues and our pressures and our deadlines drive us to a place of indecision. But God said it's fairly easy. If you would just acknowledge me in all your ways, if you would lean to your own understanding and your own pragmatism and your own ways and your own methodology, but if you would acknowledge me first in all of your ways, I promise you, that I will direct your path. Now, it may not be when you want it. It may not be the decision that tell you, but God said, if you would acknowledge me, if you would have the patience to wait on me, if you would give me the first part of your attention and your, and, and, and your emotions and your thought life, God said, I am the one that knows all. Let me tell you something, God. Y'all, if we knew somebody, if we knew somebody that knew an inside secret to something, we would be foolish not to, not to lean on a person that has an expertise and knows about something that can make our path easier. But yet and still every day we make a decision to be stubborn, full of pride. I got this, God. He gave me common sense. He said, I'll direct your path. I'll tell you what to do. There is no reason for you to fail 
there's no reason for you to fail. If you just acknowledge me first, I'm going to direct you. I'm going to direct your path. And I have never been wrong. Never been wrong. You have no reason for failure. Failure should not be even named among the saints if we would simply acknowledge God first, get the directions for him, walk it out like he said walk it out. Because, see, we're good for walking it out. Well, God, I'm going to go this way, but you told me to go that way. I'm still kind of going that way, but I'm going. No, 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 no. If you walk it out like he said walk it out, you will not fail. Oh, man, come on. I know it would be easier for me to tell you to turn around three times and high-five your neighbor and say it about this time next week. I understand all that. And God does speak prophetically sometimes. But prophecy is not going not to trump over our bad decision-making. Oh, y'all, 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 I'm going to move on. Y'all ain't here. There's, there's three things I, I want to I I share with you in these last couple of minutes. Three things I want to share with you. Somebody say feed. God said He needs. How 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 can we make sure that we live, live with a Christ-like mind that is focused on victory? The first thing is feed. Somebody say feed. God told me, He said, "Son, I want I need my people in order. Your, your mind has appetite." How many of you know that? Your mind has appetite. It needs to be fed. Whether it's information, inspiration, knowledge, facts. People's minds are different things. But God said, you need to feed your mind. That's the reason I, I, I ride around in the car, taking my kids to school, and I, I turn on talk radio. People are like, they're like, Daddy, would you please put something else? No, I said, I got to feed my mind. I need to know what's going on in the world. I need to know how other people that think other ways think. I need to feed my mind because I'm not going to go around here ignorant and I'm trying to get used to them that everything's not going to be happy and everything's not going to be entertaining. Sometimes you got to feed your mind with something. Tell somebody to feed your mind. But God said in particular, I need my children. If they're going to live a victorious mental life, you need to feed your mind with truth. Somebody say truth. Joshua 1 and 8 says this. The book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but thou shalt meditate on it. This is the word of God. Thou, thou, thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayst observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then, somebody say then. Yeah. Meaning after you take the word in your heart and you meditate on it. That means I'm just not reading the Lord of my shepherd, I shall not want. Oh, did my devotion for the day. Is I'm meditating on it. Meditate means to mutter over and over again. God, I thank you, Lord, that you're my shepherd. And because you're my shepherd, you're going to lead me to green pasture today. That's meditating on the word, y'all. And because you're my shepherd, you're responsible for me eating, me living, and everywhere that I go. So I thank you, Lord, that you're a good shepherd that protects me. Come on, that's how you meditate on the word. You take the word and you make it personal and you apply it to your life. And he said, you're going to meditate in it day and night. And then when you do it day and, day and night, then it says right here, for then thou shalt make your way prosperous, and then you would have good success. Oh, let me break it down. Ah, oh, God.
that after you meditate on the word, after you continually feed your, feed your mind the truth, what is the truth? The truth is I'm the head and not the tail. The truth is I'm above only and not believe. The truth is that I am accepted. I, I, I'm accepted among the brethren. The truth is that, that, that Jesus died for me. He accepts me when other people reject me. The truth is he is my healer. He is my provider. He is my joy. He is my strength. He is living water to me. Tell somebody that's the truth. And the more you feed your mind the truth, when things that are contrary to it come, you reject it. When bad news comes, I don't accept that because that's not, that's not what the truth. That's, that's not the truth. And so many of us, we are waiting weekly for the preacher to tell us something that is written up in a snazzy way so we can remember it. And the word of and, and y'all, y'all gotta understand that we are so blessed in this country that we can read the word anytime we want to. We can put it on your phone so it's playing while you sleep. And God said we are we have to feed our minds the truth because the because whatever you feed yourself to self the most will nourish you at the point of your need it's just like food if you don't eat you're gonna get weak come on y'all y'all know we going to KNW or somewhere Texas Roadhouse to get them nice rolls or something but one somebody about to get happy <laughs> but we do not fail to feed this flesh God said, you don't even need to, you don't need, you don't need even focus on feeding your spirit. Feed your mind and what's in your mind will get down in your spirit. Oh God, this is good teaching today, y'all. If you feed your mind what God says about it, what God says about you, it will, it will be louder than what the world is saying about you. Somebody say feed, feed. The next thing, Brother Wax, come on up here for me sir I want to show you something somebody say the mind it's the mind in the middle and I want you to put this on it ain't got none of your favorite symbols on it but it, it'll work <laughs> y'all see brother wax here the first thing the next thing somebody say number two God said, free your mind. That's part of that renovation we were talking about. That if we be honest with ourselves, we got some things we need to free our minds of. We got some things that we need to evict out. These are the things. I just got a couple examples. It may hit you, it may not. But I want you to think about this. This is anger that may be on our minds. And what life will do it will attach itself. It may not be all the time. Y'all remember Angry Man used to be on Martin? Just go around angry all the time. You know, you know, but when somebody hits the right trigger, there it goes. When somebody say the wrong thing or somebody cross you the wrong way, you turn into the hawk of somebody. You see red. Come on, somebody tell the truth. And what, and, what, and what the devil will do, he say, look, I don't need it to be in operation all the time. He's just like Al-Qaeda. I'll just wait for the right moment. And, what, and, and, and we have the, these, the, these, these spirits of anger in us 
that that are resident in our, that are resident in our spirits, and they they're not active all the time. But when the when the when the right spot is hit, we are we are willing to 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 uh, uh, to forfeit and to tear down everything that God has been building in us for decades can be wiped away in a moment of anger and rage. The next one is jealousy. These are the things that that's, that that is taking residence in our minds. <laughs> and then, and then, then, then there may be somebody did you wrong, and that je- and that jealousy and that anger has turned into a spirit of revenge. That I'm gonna show them. Let me tell you something. There are some people, and you know what Joshua one and eight, and he was telling, tell, he said, "If you observe my statutes and my and, and my laws, you observe the word." He said, "Then you will be prosperous and have good success." Let me tell you the difference between good success and bad success. There are people that are millionaires that have their own business that 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 can, they can drive a different car every every day of the week, but it's not good success. You know why it's not attached? Because that success is not attached with peace. You, they can't sleep. They, 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 don't, they don't have any real relationships. They're constantly, they've made money. They're God. And, and they worry about, and they constantly live in a state of fear. That's not good success. It's success as the word, word gives it. But let me tell you, I'd rather have $10 in my bank account and be able to sleep at night than to have $3 million in the bank. And I got to look over my shoulder every time a car backfires. Somebody say, God wants you to have good success. But let me tell you something. There are, there are people that have been highly successful and the fuel that has driven them to earth to worldly success is being that I'm going to get back at somebody. I'm going to prove them wrong. They called me this. They called me that. And let me tell you, it will get you far. Proving people wrong will get you far. But you won't have peace. And you'll never be satisfied. And you'll never have trust of people that are around you. And let me tell you, God desires for you to have good success. But these are the things that rob us. The other thing is, is, is esteem. Self-esteem. I'm going to rotate this around just a little bit. See, you thought your head wasn't too big for that. <laughs> Self-esteem. People, you were the black sheep of the family. You were the one that, that, that nobody ever listened to. It could be people that authentically hurt you. As a result, it has shaped the way you deal with other people in the world, on the job, in the house, in, in your household, building new relationships. When the fact of the matter is, money is not the currency of this world. Relationships are. And the devil has, has wounded us. And so our self-esteem is so low that we're scared to speak to people because we don't want to be rejected. So even though I know I need to, I, even though I know I need to bridge, and even though I know I need to step out of my comfort zone, I'm scared of the rejection. And so I just sit right here. And then we sit right here. And then we start accusing God. God, you promised this to me. Why didn't you do this for me? And because God said, I need you to step out of your comfort zone. And I need you to get over this low self-esteem. And if you would feed your mind with what I say about you it will drown out you know you know if you keep putting water in something you know that the trash will rise to the top if you keep flooding a vessel if you keep flooding it out if you can't get your hand down there to get it just put some water in there water representing the spirit of God the more you spoil you the more you pour God in the more that trash and that debris comes to the top and it eventually overflows and that's you know it's nothing but the pureness of God's spirit inside of you we got to go to God first. Somebody say go to God first. And 
and then when we get in the corner and, and, and we can't do it and we can't, we, 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 can't, uh, we, we can't seem to get over that hump, the devil say, you know what? There was no point in you being born. Look at, look at the people. They done passed you. People your age, they done done this. People done this. Why, why are you even here? Why are you even here? It'd be better if you were not even here. Come on. The devil has spoken to some people in this room. You might as well just end it all. You might just, look, he'll even tell you, you know what? Your family will be better off. You're worth more dead than you are alive anyway. At least they could get some insurance. But see, the devil will give you all kind of rationalization. But I'm telling somebody in this room, that is not God's will for your life. And the devil will bring those thoughts to you. He, he, he wears on our esteem. He wears on our jealousy. We're looking at other people and seeing, seeing how much they're doing. But you don't really know the cost that people are paying to walk in what they're walking in. You, you see, see, people can have the long house and the long car and, the, and start the business. But you don't know the sleepless nights. You don't know what people are going through. You don't know the price that people are paying to stand up in front of you. You got to be like Paul said, wherever I find myself, I'm going to be content. Because it could be another way. But you know what God says for this? God says in 2 Corinthians 10 and 9, it says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. And so what the Bible says is, I'm not, let me first, I hear the devil trying to condemn people in this room. There is nothing wrong with you because you've had these thoughts. Let me free you. The word of God says that the devil is the prince and the power of the air, meaning we cannot control what he brings to us, but we do control what we entertain. And so, 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 so what 2 Corinthians 10 and 4 says, says the weapons of our warfare, our warfare are not carnal. It may have came through a physical mean, but there's a spirit behind it. And what he said, but, but, but we're mighty through God through the pulling down his strongholds. And so what God, what, here's the remedy for it. You can't help what the devil brings to you, but this is what you have to do. And this is where you being a good manager comes into play. And when you know the word of God, when you know what God says about you, and something comes that is contrary to the word of God, this is what you have to do. Right here in 5, we have to cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring it unto captivity. Every thought. Somebody say every thought. To the obedience of Christ. So what I'm saying, the devil may bring revenge to us. But you say, devil, I am not going to get back at them because vengeance belongs to me, saith the Lord. Somebody say, cast it out. You may have a spirit of anger, but God said that if you would love, that love covers a multitude of sin. And you're supposed to do good to those that despitefully use you. Somebody say, cast it out. You may have a spirit of jealousy, but let me know, let me tell you something. What God has for you is for you. And when God, when you get to that place that God is destined for you, there is nobody that can rival you when you walk in your anointing. When you walk in your kingdom. So there is no need to be jealous of anybody's success. Because when God blesses my neighbor, he is in the neighborhood. Somebody say, cast it out. Self-esteem. 
Do you know that God loves so loved the world that he gave his son for you? You are valuable. You are esteemed. You are loved. You are accepted in the beloved. He thinks the world of you. You are the apple of his eye. It doesn't matter what a, what, what, what a six-foot-one bag of flesh thinks about you. God loves you. He esteems you. He loved you so much that if you are the only one on planet Earth, he still would have sent his son to die for you. But you've got to manage your mind and you've got to cast that thought out. Somebody say cast it out. And the devil, the devil would have you to say, I want you to take your own life. Let me tell you something. Your life don't belong to you anyway. You are just a manager. It is him that has touched your, your life with the free, your, your, your body with the finger of life. It is your, it is God's heartbeat that he's giving you. It is his breath that he is breathing through your lungs. It is him that has made us and not we ourselves. And God is saying, you don't have the right to take what's not yours. I gave you that life. I was the one. All those sperm was trying to get to the egg. You could, could have been somebody else. God said, you won the lottery of life and you don't have the right to take what does not belong to you. Somebody in this room, let me tell you something. God can save you from a pit of despair. I've never been here. I don't care how low you are but you've got to cast it down tell somebody beside you say you got to cast it down you know that's not God's will for your life you got to cast that thing down God not going to come pluck that thing out of your, out of your head God said you got to say I reject it I don't receive it I am the righteousness of God my, my best days are ahead of me and I will not rob God of a chance to get glory out of my life Somebody say, cast it down. The last thing is everybody is standing. God said, I need you to feed yourself. I need you to free yourself. Somebody say, free yourself of every thought. And, 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 and those, those weren't the only thoughts. But whatever thought that is contrary to the word of God, I want you to tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, you have permission to free yourself. You have permission to free yourself. Free yourself. Say, no, no, devil, I don't accept that. I don't accept that thought. I don't accept that concept. I don't accept it. God, that is not God's plan for me. So I free myself of other people's expectations. I free myself of the hurt and the sting of what happened to me. Tell somebody, I free myself. Paul and Silas, their praise caused an earthquake, but only they could walk out the prison. And can I tell you that the doors are open and you can walk out. You can walk out. Tell somebody you can walk out. The last thing I want to share with you is based, is based. Now see, see, we did the maintenance of cleaning out. Tell somebody we cleaned it out. But how many know that an empty mind? How many of y'all know you can clean the house all you want to, but a house that's not lived in will deteriorate. Spiders will start coming out everywhere. You see cobwebs. If the refrigerator motor ain't working, the refrigerator stopped working good. 
God said, you can't, it's, it, 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 it's one thing to be free, but then you got to abide in another place. And the word of God says this, it says this, it says, it says, it says in Philippians 4 and 8, it says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue in these things, I need you to think on these things. After you feed yourself, somebody say feed yourself. After you feed yourself and then after you free yourself, somebody say free yourself. The last thing I want you to do, I need you to focus yourself. Somebody say focus. Come on, do like this like you're doing a lens. Come on. You need to focus. Here's what you need to focus on. You need to focus on the peace of God. That God, there is ample peace. I know there is turmoil. I know there are rocky waves going on around me. But somewhere in this situation, y'all know Hurricane Dorian? Hurricane Dorian did a whole lot, wreaked a whole lot of havoc. But if you can, if, 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 but if you could just get to the eye of the storm, there is peace in the middle of something that destruction is going all around. God said, if you settle yourself, focus on the place of peace. Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things of good report. God said, I need you to focus yourself. God said, God said, look at this. I, I, and I'm going to need you to focus in the middle of hell going all around you. It's easy to find peace when you're laying in green pasture. But can you find peace? When darts and bullets are going all around you, when when bombs are blowing off, when you when you when you get deal, we get done with one thing and another thing pop off, and and, and and your text messages and calls are going off everywhere. Can you find peace in the middle of hell? God said, I need you to focus on it. God said, if you if you saddle yourself, God show me where the peace is. Woo! God, I know there was chaos going all around me, but somebody say, God show me where the peace is. That's deliverance for somebody in this room. Ask the Lord, God, show me where the peace is. I know that there is craziness going all around me on my job. God, but show me where the peace is. And the word of God says that he will keep him in perfect peace. Whose mind is staying on him. say he would deliver you out of it right away but the miracle of God's spirit is that I can have peace in it he's going to deliver you after a while tell you that, but he's going to deliver you after a while tell him but while you're going through you can have peace you can have peace in it you can be in a fiery furnace and not get burned He's gonna give you peace in it. The next thing he wants you to God says, I want you to focus on that. I love you so much. When your mother and father forsake you, the Lord said, Then I'll take you up. I'm the one that loves you. 
when you feel like you're rejected by others and you feel like nobody loves you and nobody cares about you and nobody is considering you, God said, I love you. I love you. I need you to dwell on that. The other thing is, not only do I love you, but God said, I accept you. You don't need everybody to like you. You just need the right people like you. God said, not only do I like you, I love you and I accept you. Because see, some people can love you out of obligation, but they don't accept you. God said, I accept you. Come have a seat at the table. You're my child. You're my son. You look like me. My DNA is in you. I won't cast you out. You can come to me boldly and obtain mercy in the time of need. Tell somebody, he accepts me. And that's one thing you need to focus on. I don't need you to focus on every closed door. God, why did that happen and why did that open? Let me tell you, everything that was for, meant for you, it will open automatically. Just like when you go to Walmart and them doors just open for you. I need you to focus on, God, where is the open door? If you let this door close, that meant it wasn't for me. So I am on the look for my open door. somebody tell them there's an open door for you settle yourself don't cry over spilled milk if they left you that was their loss they didn't see the value in the treasure in you that's okay but that's an open door coming oh oh there's an open door coming and let me tell you just like just like those automated doors at Walmart it doesn't activate until you walk towards it. You got to keep moving. You got to keep walking. You got to keep putting one foot in front of the other and stop camping out at the place of your wounding and your hurt. So what they didn't like you? So what they didn't accept you? So what they turned their back on you? Your job is to keep moving. And you'll know it's your door when you walk up to it and it opens. You don't need every door. You just need the right door. Jesus, I thank you. Jesus. Can somebody thank him for the open door that's coming? The open door that's coming. God, God, sharpen our vision. Sharpen our focus. Give us, give us the wherewithal and the temerity to keep walking. Walk past the hurt. Walk past the disappointment. Walk past the wounding. Walk past the betrayal. God, we thank you. Somebody thank you for the next 30 seconds for the open door. Come on. Come on, open your mouth and begin to thank you for the open door. We thank you, Lord, that you're opening the door. We thank you, Lord, that you're, that you're going to spring it open. Lord, our job is to keep walking. Our job is to just keep walking. Just keep walking. Just keep walking. Do you hear me? Don't stop. Don't camp. Just keep walking. Just keep walking. Just keep walking. And God will show you the door that's meant for you. And when God opens a door, no devil can close it. When God opens a door, no devil can block you. No devil can block you. Yes, God. And the last thing is we're about to close.
God says, I need you to take your eyes off the past. Paul said, I count not myself to have apprehended. That's one thing that I do. I forget the mind again. I forget those things which are behind me so that I can press towards the mark of the prize of the high calling <laughs> in Jesus. I need some people in this room to forget to remember. I know that sounds like an oxymoron, but I need you to forget to remember. You need to forget those things. Some of you can't step forward because it looks like what you came from. And, 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 and it, 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 put, it, puts a, it puts a thing in your heart and, and, and it stops you from progressing because every time you want to move forward, you remember something and it pulls you back. See, your, the past has gravity and you've got to get out of the force field of the gravity of your past. And the only one, only thing that you got to do like Paul said, you got to forget the past so that you can press towards your future. What God is going to do for you, it's in your future, my son. It's in your future, my daughter. And so you forgot to get that. You got to forget those things, the good and the bad. You can't hang your hat in what you did in 1985. There is new things that God has for you, and it's in your future. Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are pure, what some things are of good report? If there be any virtue in these things. I need you to make a decision to think on these things. I can't feel it. Oh, there it is. Somebody lift your hands. that you are giving us the ability to manage mindsets. It's our mind that's in the middle of con con conforming and transforming. Lord, we promise today that we're going to steady our lives to be transformers. That nothing will change until we change our mind. We thank you, Lord, that some of us are at the stage where we got to do some renovation that we got to pull some things down, that we got to tear down, that we got to take a sledgehammer to old ways of thinking, that we got to take a sledgehammer and an axe, and we got to chop some things off that are no longer profitable, God. Oh, God. Some of us need to forget some things, lose some numbers, change their own number, and forget some things, God. Don't give the devil access to us any longer. God, we thank you that we promise this day forward that we won't skip over the main thing and we'll begin to manage our minds, God. <laughs> Lord, we're going to manage our own happiness. We're not going to let people manipulate us anymore, God. We're going to find joy in you. 
Oh, yes, God. Because in your presence, there is fullness of joy. We're no longer going to put our validation of our joy in things and people. But God, going forward, God, we're going to put our hope and our trust in you. Lord, we promise to not make a move unless we acknowledge you first, God. Father God, is this what you want to happen? Does this please you? Now God, right now, Lord, I pray a prayer over every mind. Lord, for it's the mind that we serve you. Somebody touch your mind right now. Lord, we thank you right now, Lord, that there was clarity in our minds. That you remove the scars of our past. Yes, God, let the washing of the water of the word, God. Go into those inner, re those inner recesses, the inner crevices of our mind, God. And right now, we thank you, Lord, for giving us a brainwashing. Yes, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for giving us a brainwashing right now. Wash, wa wash, our, wash our minds, God. Wash us of the scars. Wash us of the things. Wash us of the things that keep, that keep paralyzing us, God what mama said about us and what daddy did to us God Lord remove the scars God what the ex-husband and what the ex-wife did Lord I thank you Lord even now God that you are washing our minds for renewal God thank you Lord that you give our minds an appetite for what you said Lord, we want you to do what only you can do so that we can do what only we can do. So, Lord, we thank you even now, God. Yes, God. Come on, God, God, God is cleansing minds and hearts right now. Come on, begin to thank you. Thank you, Lord, for washing my mind. Thank you, Lord, for washing my mind. Oh, I thank you, Lord, that some things are imprinted on people's head, in people's minds. Some things they have seen, some things they were exposed to. God, I thank you that right now, God, you are wiping the images out of their minds. I thank you, Lord. Oh, yeah, the devil has been visiting you in your sleep, in your dreams. Yeah, 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 devil. Yeah, devil, we thank you even now. Things we saw parents do. Things we've been exposed to. It has made an indelible mark on our minds. And I thank you, Lord, that your blood comes in and it washes the mind. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. It's the mind in the middle. It is the mind that's in the middle. It is the mind in the middle. It is a mind in the middle, God. It is our minds in the middle. It is our minds in the middle, God. Meet us in the middle, God. Meet us in the middle of, our, of the way we think about ourselves, God. And the way that we think about our place in the kingdom. We are worthy. We are accepted, God. We receive your acceptance of us. We receive your acceptance of us. We no longer are what they say about us, God. We no longer are, we no longer are our past. We are no longer our credit score. We are no longer what people said about us. We are no longer what happened to us, God. But we are what you say we are. Thank you, Lord, for, a method for affecting our mindsets, God. Lord, for it's the mind that we serve you. We thank you, Lord, for an upright mind. For an upright mind. For an upright mind. 
We thank you, Lord, for an upright mind. Oh, yes, just like some, 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 some people can be functioning alcoholics. You think just because you're functioning, you think your mind is all together. But no, God said, there are some things that I need to take care of that are in your psyche of your mind. And just because you can function doesn't mean you have it all together in your mind. I thank you, Lord, that a sting begins to rise up in this room. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. He's working in this room. He's working in this room. No longer will you be plagued by the, by the mistakes of your past. Yes, Lord. You can get over it. You can get over it. And it doesn't mean that you don't love them because you get over it. That's for somebody in this room. It doesn't mean that you don't love them because you, you got to move forward. Oh, God, I thank you. That's for somebody in this room. God is delivering in this room. Come on, somebody just lift your hand and begin to thank the Lord. You've been wanting him to fix your family, but God said, I want you to, I want to fix your mind. I want to fix your mind first. You want your finances and your career to come together? God said, I want you to, I want to fix your mind first. I want to fix your mind first. And when I fix the mind, <laughs> then you will be able to handle what I want to send to you. God, we thank you. Yes, God. Come on, begin to thank him anymore. There's a wave of healing that's going to work. That's God is filling up in this room. God has not given you the spirit of fear. A sound mind. Somebody touch yourself and say, I have a sound mind. My mind is sound. My mind is sound. Well, you may say, Pastor Tony, I know my mind sound. I ain't got to go to see no psychiatrist and I ain't got to take no pills for this and that. Look, you can be taking nothing perfectly. You can be perfectly functioning and your mind not be right. Somebody touch yourself. God, God, give me a sound mind. Give me a stable mind. Give me a focused mind. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you for tuning in today with Fellowship Church. We pray that you were blessed by the message. And we would like to connect with you through our website, fellowshipws.org or facebook.com slash at the fellowship. If you are ever in the greater triad area, we would love for you to be our VIP for weekend worship experience on Sundays at 1030 a.m. On behalf of Pastor Tony and the Fellowship family, thank you again for joining us. And remember to love God, love people, and impact the world.